All right. Welcome everybody to the Wednesday evening session. Um, Miracle Hour presented by the School for A Course in Miracles. Um, <clears throat> they, everybody had no problem getting in, clicking in with the extra code. <clears throat> it's such a hard code to remember though, Tim. I don't know. Is it going to be the same every time? Yep. <laughs> All right. I I was looking at something in the, like, if you want to come on the meeting with a phone, it needed some weird code, but uh, not from a smartphone. I tried it from my smartphone at work, so. Hey. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right. Very nice. So um, <clears throat> this evening's chosen topic is I need do nothing. Um, kind of an interesting perspective, uh, certainly from, from the ego body standpoint, very, very confrontational, uh, flies right in the face of everything we believe as, as a body is going to protect us and help us, which is to, to not do anything. Um, doesn't make any sense from, from that standpoint. But obviously, um, that part and parcel must be the whole magic to the course is that, in effect, this is actually what you do is step back and allow the Holy Spirit to, to make the appropriate action, gesture, saying, whatever it would be. And in that context, you would not be doing it. The Holy Spirit would actually be doing it through you. So um, that's why uh, the, uh, such, a, such a simple instruction can be so difficult. How, you know, why is that? And I think it's, it's when I was looking at it uh, today, the last couple of days, I, I came up with, you know, number one, it completely confronts the entire body ego construct of us, me, completely confronts that. Um, and at the root of that, I believe, is sacrifice. So in the world, in anything we do worldly-wide, we always have to give something to get something. And that's the notion of sacrifice. So we have to give a little time to become better educated. We have to give a little more effort to get in shape. There's, there's a sacrifice in everything that the world offers it, that, that is required and that is actually required to, be, to, to have a sacrifice to do that. So that's at the very core of that belief, the very core that um, I need do nothing, which is chapter 18, section seven and that's on <clears throat> that's on uh page 380 uh 388 so if we want to turn right there to 388 now we'll just take a quick look at the actual section itself um the passing of the dream i thought had some beautiful lesson titles uh 10 titles chapter 18 which is the passing of the dream which begins on 372 but um, I just thought it, it was just kind of nice to actually 
you know, to, to just take a look at the lesson titles in chapter 18, uh, the substitute reality Two, the basis of the dream. Three, light in the dream. The little willingness, the happy dream, beyond the body, I need do nothing, which is tonight's section. The little garden, the two worlds, nine. And those are all the lesson titles. So um, <clears throat> what we have is, what I'd like to do is just jump to page 388 in the text, please. And there's, uh, what I want to do is just go through that section, that the section, I need do nothing, section seven, page 388, and just, just to highlight a couple of things that, that, that are there that just jumped out at me. Um, <clears throat> it starts out paragraph one, page 388. You still have too much faith in the body as a source of strength. And that's obviously our, that's obviously our one problem. Um, we know, you know, we know that from studying that, that intellectually that we, we do believe it, we're a body and we believe we're here. And, uh, that's, that's exactly where the course wants to meet us. Um, it also says, if you jump down a couple lines, it says, and this always means you still find sin attractive. So at some point, you know, Tim went through that, I think a couple days ago about our attraction how we're actually attracted, attracted to guilt. We're attracted to, we're attracted to sin. Um, that all the ugly, mean, ugly stuff that it, you know, that is in our greatest fears is we're actually attracted to it. We're attracted to, you know, God, God, the vengeful God. We're attracted to that. So <clears throat> we get into I, do, I need do nothing, and it's going to completely flip that paradigm on on its on its tail. Uh, and then paragraph two on page 388 goes into a little more detail. There is one thing that you have never done. You have not utterly forgotten the body. So just completely had that experience of I am not a body. Uh, it has perhaps faded at times from your sight but it has not yet completely disappeared. Um, paragraph three, if you jump down to there, at no single instant does the body exist at all. So we know this is a fact intellectually from the course. It offers that to us, that at no single instant does the body exist. Um, it is always remembered or anticipated. So it's always past or future. It's remembered or anticipated, but never now in the present. Um, but never experienced just now. It is always remembered or anticipated, but never experienced just now. Um, only its past and future make it seem real. And heavy emphasis on seem, because we're in a dream. And an illusion, right? Is it just seems real? 
Um, time controls it entirely for sin is never wholly in the present moment. And jump down to paragraph four, the first line in paragraph four, it is impossible to accept the holy instant without reservation unless just for an instant you are willing to see no past or future. So that's, that's the caveat for experiencing the holy instant, is you are willing for just a moment to stop judging everything we see with the body's eyes. Okay. I was just, uh, I was just reflecting on that paragraph three. Um, it's always remembered the body. Line two is always remembered or anticipated, but never experienced just now. And uh, I was thinking about, you know, all the new agey kind of meetings I've gone to. It was always, you know, the one of the big rushes was to have an out-of-body experience. Mm. Well, he's what he's saying in that sentence, too, is if you want an out-of-body experience, just, just stop judging. <laughs> you won't be aware of your body at all. <laughs> It'll just go, whoop. <laughs> really easy. <laughs> I'll be just floating around somewhere. <laughs> Yeah. You don't have to study astral projection or yeah, any kind of, yeah. <laughs> Jim? Yeah. Just stop judging. Go ahead, Bruce. I, I was also, I was also, uh, Paul, you know, we were sharing about paragraph three. I was also thinking modern physics kind of alludes to that too, is it basically says, you know, whenever you try to pin something down to the present, you know, it basically is kind of like a bubble under a wallpaper. You know, you can you can get the velocity and, and but not the not the location or you know those, that kind of stuff. If you remember your physics classes, but it's like it never really you can't really pin it down to exact time and space because time and space are this. <laughs> you know, I think uh, Niels Bohr said if you if modern physics hasn't you know totally flab you know flustered you or whatever you haven't understood it you know. <laughs> something like that. It's like you know, <laughs> physics, modern physics basically says, you know, existence is kind of, kind of a dubious concept basically. <laughs> yeah. Which is why so many of them that really followed it through became more interested in the metaphysics like Bohr and Bone brother. Yeah. Steven, thanks Bruce. Uh, yeah. Just uh, piggybacking on that. Uh, uh, I, I guess that Niels Bohr, was he the one that said uh, there is no objective reality? Anyway, one of those guys said that. Uh, there's about four of them, and they, they all look alike, and they're really nice people. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> you know, they got the hair and everything. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, if you they, they, they did a, an experiment. Uh, this is a couple, three decades ago. Two guys looking into uh, an electron micro microscope at the same time looking at the same particle and it was in different places. So that tells us that the observer and the observed are not what we think. There's no, there's no way to pin things down as to where they really are when you get to the subatomic level. And the subatomic level is where everything is really happening. Uh, and, and so I, uh, nothing is really happening. It just seems that way. 
And it has to be that way because if two people are looking at the same particle and they're different in different places, and when they move, they go to different places and they're still in different places from where they're looking, there can't really be an objective reality to look at. Uh, just saying. Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah, it's it's kind of uh, fun to, to look at all the different aspects of that. I just um, had an out-of-body experience just listening to Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, that, that can happen right here on the Miracle Hour. <laughs> so, uh, what I'd like to do for an open meditation is to go to page 389 in the text. Um, paragraph five and six. And Tim, would you be so kind to just read that for us for an opening meditation? We'll get quiet for a minute. And then paragraph five and six. Your way will be different, not in purpose, but in means. A holy relationship is a means of saving time. One instant spent together with your brother restores the universe to both of you. You are prepared. Now you need but to remember you need do nothing. It would be far more profitable now merely to concentrate on this than to consider what you should do. When peace comes at last to those who wrestle with temptation and fight against giving in to sin, when the light comes at last into the mind given to contemplation, or when the goal is finally achieved by anyone, it always comes with just one happy realization, I need do nothing. Here is the ultimate release which everyone will one day find in his own way at his own time. You do not need this time. Time has been saved for you because you and your brother are together. This is the special means this Course is using to save you time. You are not making use of the Course if you insist on using means which have served others well, neglecting what was made for you. Save time for me only by this one preparation and practice doing nothing else. I need do nothing is a statement of allegiance, a truly undivided loyalty. Believe it. Believe it just for one instant and you will accomplish more than is given to a century of contemplation or of struggle against temptation. Just be with that for a moment. Gently come back. So that's a lot of nothing there. <laughs> hey, hey, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did um, Google objective reality and found a bunch of quotes. Uh, none, none, have, none have the famous physicist uh, 
name that I was looking for, but I did find one interesting uh, that's pretty short. It says, ultimately, peace is not just about politics. It's about attitudes, about a sense of empathy, about breaking down the divisions that we create for ourselves in our own minds and our own hearts that don't exist in any objective reality, but that we carry with us generation after generation. And then it goes on. And any guesses who said that one? Albert Einstein. Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I was going to say that. <laughs> anyway. but, but that sounded too political, so I didn't say it. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Very cool. So um, at the core of this belief is sacrifice, of course, which we believe is naturally inherent for us to get anything. And for us, kind of like what you're alluding to, Bruce, it's like, it's like there's almost a different mindset. And, and I've always loved that Einstein quote that you, you can't solve the problem with the same paradigm that created the problem. You can't, you can't solve, you know, you can't have peace by building more weapons. You know, like you cannot prepare for war at the same time you're trying to prepare for peace. It's just not possible. And certainly the course tells us that, that, you know, you, you can't, you can't have a grievance and still experience peace. It's in not possible, not possible um, to do that. So um, I always like that, that uh, perspective of it. It just was helpful for me in understanding, you know, it's like, Oh, wow. Like literally, we're dealing with something that we can't even access. We have to ask. We have, we, have no, we have no way to access that, you know, that mind without asking, you know, without coming and asking and, and being willing and being willing to be, to be shown a different way. So um, there's a lot of a, a whole discussion in here, a whole section here. Um, about and getting back to it's really kind of getting back to today's lesson for the lesson for today that we that we had for our for our uh calendar daily lesson today uh which um i found out some some interesting things in, in going through that but uh the uh the whole idea is that um we have a disturbance, we have a disturbance and we wanna trade that for a holy instant. That's the, the kind of the mechanics or the, the basic process. So we're having a disturbance and today's lesson, the stillness of the peace of God is mine, lesson 273. So um, I thought there was some some really, really cool comments by Ken in here. Ken Wapnick talking in, in his analysis on the, the last of the workbook lesson. Uh, he starts off first, Ken says, Jesus tells us that he knows we are not always going to choose the peace of God. And so, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, like, 
if that's not obvious already, you, you know, you're going to live in a world, you know, you're going to experience pain and you're going to choose, you're going to choose and choose and choose wrongly until you choose again. You know, that's, that's just the way it's going to be. And Ken's so, you know, so good with the way he hands that to us. So the lesson starts out. If you want to follow it, uh, it's actually on the workbook lesson page 433. If you go to the workbook in page 433, the stillness of the peace of God is mine. Um, and it starts out, uh, perhaps, perhaps we are now ready for a day of undisturbed tranquility. If this is not yet feasible, we are content and even more than satisfied to learn how such a day can be achieved. And to me, you know, reading it backwards and over again several times, it's, it's like it, it, it can't help but it's chiding us, you know, like, like, like jostling us a little as like, well, perhaps, you know, perhaps you had enough of pain, sickness, death, loneliness, you know, all that stuff that comes with that. Perhaps, you know, just kind of in a fun kind of way, poking at, poking fun at that. Uh, and then and then Ken goes on to to describe a little bit more that, you know, about that. Um, the, the, the lesson continues. If we give way to disturbance, if, you know, probably likely, if we give way to disturbance, let us learn how to dismiss it and return to peace. So that's probably going to happen. And that's, we have a way, we, we have a way back now. We know, we know we have a choice now. So uh, let us learn how to dismiss it and return to peace. We need but tell our minds with certainty the stillness of the peace of God is mine and nothing can intrude upon the peace that God himself has given to his son. So how Ken describes that, that particular section in his notes, he says, in order to find peace and move past the disturbance to which we have succumbed, notice that language Ken uses, past, have moved past the disturbance to which we have succumbed, we need but turn to Jesus and say, I am grateful and you, I am grateful you are right and I am wrong. And how easy is that to do? Um, <clears throat> Ken then goes ahead and quotes from the text in, in section eight or, or in back to 18, the text we're studying, looking at today, uh, he says, the truth will save you. Th this is the text, of course. This is the course. The truth will save you. It has not left you to go out into the mad world and so depart from you. Inward is sanity. Insanity is outside you. Inward is sanity, insanity is outside, out there, out there somewhere. And he finishes, Father, your peace is mine. 
what need have I to fear that anything could rob me of what you would have me keep? I cannot lose your gifts to me, and so the peace you gave your son is with me still, in quietness and in my own eternal love for you. Now, I was, uh, I was imagining Helen Chuckman's reaction to that first sentence. <laughs> like, now, now, 272 lessons later, a whole 700-page text, now we might have a day of undisturbed tranquility, seriously? Yeah. Now? <laughs> well, it's about time, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, 273 days in. We could have a little peace. <clears throat> um, and uh, the, uh, the, actually the lesson, if you go to, to um, workbook lesson 78, which is on the workbook, page 139. Give me a sec to get there. Okay, so now again, we're going to hear that same language that he just used in today's lesson. We're going to hear the perhaps word again. Lesson 78, let miracles replace all grievances. Uh, paragraph one, perhaps it is not yet quite clear to you that each decision you make is one between a grievance and a miracle. Perhaps. Each grievance stands like a dark shield of hate before the miracle it would conceal. And as you raise it up before your eyes, you will not see the miracle beyond. Yet all the while it waits for you in light, but you behold your grievances instead. And I don't know about anybody else, but this brings back the basic course tenet that it's it's not about love. The course is not about showing us what love is. It's about the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. And that is, that is continuously a not know. It's kind of, we, we have to look at the stuff, you know. It's like it, your whole, we're aimed that way. That's, what, that's completely what the body's eyes are aimed at seeing is, is a grievance. And then if we go to section uh, lesson 80, which is a couple of pages back on workbook lesson 143, in lesson 80 says, let me recognize my problems have been solved. So this would not require any effort because it's already been done. But let me recognize my problems have been solved. If you are willing to recognize your problems, you will recognize that you have no problems. Interesting perspective. Your one central problem has been answered and you have no other. Therefore, you must be at peace. 
Salvation thus depends on recognizing this one problem and understanding that it has been solved. One problem, one solution. Salvation is accomplished. I remember way back when, <laughs> seems like a past life, I was at the Rocky Mountain Miracle Center. Ron Groh was um, leading one of the meetings, and uh, he said uh, there, there was an inherent word in almost every sentence in the Course. Mm. And that word was already. Mm. This was an already Course. Let me recognize my problems have been solved already. My one central problem has been answered, has been answered and I have no other already. <laughs> Uh, it, just that idea that it's just always done. The, the underlying essence of like where you're going is I need to do nothing. Because all of it's done already. <laughs> yeah, it's good. To, to recognize or recognize the fact that it's already done. Abby, you got anything? It's all about the trust, I think. Mm. Just like what you were talking about the other night. Gotta get off the get off the ledge. Mm. Yeah, we're pretty little smart little egos, and we're not going to do that until we have some trust, right? Yeah, you know, I was looking back at that scene in. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom mm. where he sees the picture in the book of the knight walking in the air and I had thought that he'd solved the problem of trust before he took the step out onto the optical illusion of the, the, the uh, precipice mm. And I didn't realize till I went back and looked at the clip on YouTube where he takes the uh, leap or jump or step. A leap of faith, I think, is the clip on YouTube. I didn't realize that he took the leap of faith, uh, the, the step of faith. Then when he'd crossed over, he turned around and threw the gravel on it to see what, what had supported him. Mm. After he'd gone across, I thought he'd, done it before. I think I would have done it before. <laughs> <laughs> but he took the, um, yeah, that's the leap of faith. It's an interesting uh, two and a half minute clip on uh, the Indiana Jones thing. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else have anything? So, um, Jim, I, I, it brought to mind what, uh, was just being spoken of something. It, it was common to say this in new age circles, but it fits here in this moment. And I, I forget who it's, um, attributed to, but, uh, it goes like this, come to the edge. We can't, we're afraid. <laughs> Come to the edge. We can't. We will fall. <laughs> Come to the edge. And they came. And he pushed them. And they flew. 
I think we're afraid uh, of getting pushed. <laughs> yeah. The unfamiliar, the unknown. Yeah, how would we know? Yeah, and if, if we actually went forward with that realization that my problem has already been solved, you know, how would we be? How would we be if we, you know, if we realize that? <clears throat> so on page 384, if we can back up to the text, before the I do, I need do nothing section is a section here, which talks about, says we're talking about disturbances in the holy instant. And it talks about uh, paragraph seven on page 384. Um, whoever is saner at the time, I remember that instruction, which of the two of you is saner at the time? you know, please choose this because you, you're taking both of you home. Um, and I, and I can, can always remember, it's like in all those times when, when I've seen nothing but rage and was clearly not the saner at the time, it's like now I, you know, now I can almost always access if I, if I decide not to judge somebody and I can be the saner of the two at the time. I can actually bring peace to the situation. I mean, really practically it happens. Um, paragraph seven, whoever is saner at the time, the threat is perceived. So we've had something that disturbed our peace. Um, whoever is saner at the time, the threat is perceived, should remember how deep is his indebtedness to the other and how much gratitude is due him and be glad that he can pay his debt by bringing happiness to both. That's a, that's a very radical perspective from the body's point of view. But whoever is saner at the time has the ability to bring this gift to the relationship. Let him remember this and say, I desire this holy instant for myself that I may share it with my brother whom I love. It is not possible that I can have it without him or he without me. Yet it is wholly possible for us to share it now. And so I choose this instant as the one to offer to the Holy Spirit that his blessing may descend on us and keep us both in peace. Thought that was a great, great prayer for what we really want to happen. Although, you know, the, the ego override is going to be very strong. <laughs> the override program is going to save the body program is going to be pretty strong there. But it is possible to bring peace, to be, bring peace to, to that situation, whatever it might be. So, chapter 26, 
has a little section, and I don't know how I came across this, but I did in my preparedness. It's called The Appointed Friend, and it's page 533, page 533 of the text that's in chapter 26. I'll get there in a minute. It's uh, page 553. Five, 530, 533. Uh, the, the appointed, no, what I'm saying is no. the appointed friend in chapter 26 is on 553. Thank you. Appreciate that little, little transposition error on my part. I can never read my numbers. <laughs> Reminds me, yeah, reminds me of that joke. Did you know, did, did you hear about the dyslexic atheist? Stayed up all night, didn't know whether he believed in dog or not. Everybody's heard that one. I had to try. Okay, so. Dyslexic agnostic atheist. Is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So the appointed friend. Um, chapter 6, page 553, anything in this world that you believe is good and valuable and worth striving for can hurt you and will do so. Not because it has the power to hurt, but just because you have denied it is but an illusion. and made it real. And it is real to you. It is not nothing. It is real to you. And through its perceived reality has entered all the world of sick illusions. So just, we get the whole bit when, when we, it's one or the other and we get the whole bit. <clears throat> all belief in sin and power of attack in one can make one illusion real and still escape the rest. For who can choose to keep the ones that he prefers and find the safety that the truth alone can give? Just two directly disparate things. You, can, you cannot have them both. You cannot have an illusion and have that protection or that, that sanctity. Find the safety that the truth alone can give. Who can believe illusions are the same and still maintain that even one is best? I was thinking about something, it kind of like what Raleen was referring to the other day in a class was uh, um, doing things we like. <laughs> I mean, that first sentence would kind of put a damper on that. <laughs> Should I take a walk in the park? Well, not today because the <laughs> pollution's so bad in Denver, you can barely see the sun. But, um, you know, like like anything I think is worth doing is going to hurt me if <laughs> the the caveat is if I do it with the ego anything I want to do and I do it with the Holy Spirit I'm not I'm not leaving out my brother I'm not leaving out the Holy Spirit I'm not leaving out my true self then anything I do will be great <laughs> and worth striving for but anything in the world that you believe is good and valuable and worth striving for can hurt you because if I'm doing it with the ego 
it's a special love setup. Mm. Everything in time and space has a shelf life. That's what Rudy Florian always said at the Sunday gatherings. He, everything in, in time and space that we like has a shelf life. And that's not inherently bad. It just means if I put my salvation and my trust in that to restore my true sense of self, what do I do when that shelf life runs out? What do I do when I stop taking the walk? What do I do when the sun goes down? Um, so it's, it's like, it's, so he's not telling us, I mean, he's, he's really, <laughs> he's not telling us not to enjoy ourselves and to do the stuff we like. It's just, once again, going back to what Ross was saying, I think yesterday or the day before, that watch how often we leave the Holy Spirit out of that experience. Mm -hmm. And if I am leaving the Holy Spirit out, I will replace a grievance and, and I'll throw the miracle out the window. I'll, I'll throw out that experience with the Holy Spirit out the window so that I can, and I'll be just preoccupied with judging whether I'm taking a walk or not. So it's not really anything in the world will hurt me. It's anything in the world that I do with ego is going to hurt, even if it's a nice thing, <laughs> even if it's a seemingly kind act. It's going gonna, it's gonna to rob me of my awareness of your true identity and my true identity. So it's a tough sentence if you don't put it in the context of everything else. <laughs> You're going to be pretty insulted, <laughs> I think. Yeah, Tim, thanks for correcting that, too, because, you know, we've all had that experience where we go about stuff and, you know, you think this is really going to be ugly. This is, and you go with the Holy Spirit and it's like it, 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 it just turns out just fine, you know. Or you're having something that's supposed to be a pleasurable experience and you go at it, you go at it with the ego mindset and all of a sudden you got a problem on your hand, you know, sure enough, that problem's going to find its way. And, and, and it, it's always, it's always amazed me how that works. It's just totally about the mindset you start out with before, before whatever it is that you do. Thanks for pointing that out because it literally it says, you know, as, as teachers of God, you know, the, we still walk, talk in the world, use words, you know, nobody will know any difference probably but us, but, you know, um, but our foreheads are more serene and we smile more often because we have that sanity. We have, that, we have access to that sanity, I should say. We have access to it. So. One of the uh, one of the things we encourage and ask people to do in the Immersion Two program, not Immersion One, but Immersion Two, is we ask them to do a presentation. And obviously, it's easy to get a little concerned <laughs> about it if you're not used to doing a presentation, or if you you know if you're doing it for the first time, am I doing it right? And, and and this applies to everything, not just doing a presentation in the immersion, but I mean doing anything, taking a walk with Jesus or not taking a walk with Jesus. Yeah. So anything I do with Jesus has to be right. Anything I do where I invite him into that, into my awareness of, of, of whatever it is I'm doing has to be right. Even if it goes wrong, it has to be right. And vice versa, <laughs> anything I don't invite him into in my awareness 
even if it goes right, it'll be wrong. <laughs> it'll be reinforcing the ego thought system. I'll be judging like crazy. I'll pretend I'm not judging, etc., etc. So, I mean, I mean, it's, it's good to know that. You can't do anything wrong <laughs> if you're doing it with Jesus, even if it looks wrong on the surface and vice versa. And, and, and that's reassuring, to say the least. <laughs> I mean, that really makes everything okay. If I just invite okay, Mr. Okay, into the, into the thing. <laughs> Go ahead, Bruce. <laughs> you know, that, that expression, love and do what you will, I guess the Course's uh, clarification of that would be, trust Holy Spirit, you know, listen, listen to that counsel, take that uh, translation to heart. And uh, it doesn't matter what you do in, on the level of form. Yeah, if you have, Absolutely. if you're listening to the right teacher. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, Stephen. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I, I really like what y'all said, but but I I, it, I couldn't help but think uh, what Wapnick uh, said a few times uh, on his CDs, and that is even even here, even when you're in the right mind, even when you're in Holy Spirit's thought system, as long as we're here, we're in the wrong mind. Because ego can come in at any time, I guess. I didn't ever quite understand uh, how that works. But when he said it, I believed it, you know, just, just as a matter of course. But, but you know, for me, in, 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 you know, walking with Jesus or choosing to do things with Jesus or, and Holy Spirit, uh, it, as a matter of fact, it, it, it happened that way today. If, if I can just let things that, that – that lesson, let things be exactly as they are. If I'm walking one foot in front of the other and not making anything up as I go along, setting the goal at the beginning by not setting the goal at all, you know, mm -hmm. that to me is what the do nothing really, really means for me. Uh, there's a wonderment to it because when you do that and when it, when it comes out just right or perfect, it gives you the hope that that can happen again. And sometimes it'll come sequentially, I mean, seemingly sequentially, uh, in a way that you can't help but almost laugh and smile um, as you're going through that. Uh, you know, at any given moment, also, the phone can ring. And it can be a really terrible thing. Uh, you know, and to keep your peace through that, um, you know, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where, you know, that's, that's where you can really tell uh, where you are on the ladder. For me, the latter is, is, is increments, little bitty, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, one and a half steps forward and then one steps back. But that, that, that thing about uh, let all things be exactly as they are, uh, that's been really key for me in, uh, in doing this course. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. And I think, you know, one thing I, I just would, would, you know, say on that comment is, it, it seems we're here. So you say, well, we're here. They can meet us here where we are, but it only seems we're here. And, and, I, and I think Ken would always be careful about saying the seeming reality, you know, that would correct that is like, you know, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely illusion, but it seems in, in time and space, it seems real to us. Yes. I mean, just, just as, you know, as a correction to keep us straight and on, on course, if you will. Anybody have anything else?
um, come up? Yeah, Ross. Well, I was just going to add to what Stephen said, and um, what I've realized is keeping every, letting everything be as it is means also that the state you're in right now is the holy instant. Mm -hmm. As soon as you desire to have a holy instant in the future, you're not, everything is not as, you're not letting everything be as it is now because you're desiring for a change into the Holy Spirit, or excuse me, into the holy instant. So it occurred to me that anything, like if you want happiness, if you want peace, if you want joy, well, wait a minute, that you can't have it in the future. It's only available now. So, so you have to understand that that also has to be as it is now, letting it be as it is, letting your current state be as it is now. And it's just, I think it goes right along with what Stephen was saying. Ross, is the marketing copy available now in eternity for an unlimited time only, right? <laughs> <laughs> Eternal now. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't that kind of be an oxymoron is planning for the holy instant, you know? I'm planning to have a holy instant sometime, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it, it you know, it, it uh, I mean, I, I just can't decide to love Mm. and and love <laughs> first i have to let go of the judgments that are keeping me from being loving and the only way i can do that is to invite something some kind of awareness of jesus or holy spirit into the process at least from a course point of view whatever that presence of love in is inside of me inside of us we have to actively consciously invite that into the experience otherwise i can decide all day I want to be loving and it ain't going to change nothing <laughs> because I'm going to, you know, if I don't recognize my judgments and there I'm using those judgments as an excuse to keep love away, then it doesn't matter how much, how loving I want to be because that's going to block it. This is not a course about loving. <laughs> like, like Jim said at the beginning, this is a course about removing the blocks to my awareness that love is already the already a done deal. And to do that, I really need Jesus's help to help me let go of this belief that you did something to me or I did something to me. Right. But, but as I was reading today, I think it, it's in the, uh, it's in Ken's uh, intro or it's either in the intro or in Ken's intro to lesson 181. Um, really it's, your past that where your judgments are you can only judge based based on past experience so if you actually stay in the now which is Eckhart Tolle's whole name of his book which kind of dawned on me oh if you're in the now you can't go back and find those past judgments you can't find the experience that leads to those judgments so when you stay completely in the now and I think the Stephen was indicating that that he's not making a goal. He's just, every moment is birthing itself as a clean, fresh moment. And there's no room for judgment in that now. That's, that's what, it's, it's right in the course in that, in that lesson. So that's where you get rid of judgment. You can't have a judgment if you're in the now because there's no past experience and no future to worry about. 
so it's 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 yeah it all kind of ties together um i don't know if that's beyond what the course is trying to teach but i don't know it kind of occurred to me that that's that's the truth of it if you're well I, I would just add that the course's approach to being in the now is to invite a conscious and invitation to the holy spirit to have that experience that yeah well and what and what i'm saying is if i don't do that there's no way i can be in the now there's no way that Tim by himself can choose to be in the now when I'm doing everything just under the surface not to be in the now. So I really need help to step outside of this box. Yeah. I think that Stephen was talking about. If I think I'm a body, I'm in the wrong mind, and I'm, 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 I'm holding all these judgments, and without stepping outside of that box, without stepping outside of some I, that identification with Jesus' help <clears throat> that... I am a body that's being affected by other bodies. That's mm -hmm. where the judgments come from. That without accessing that help that I think he really points out in, in chapter five, that we have to, it has to be a conscious invitation to the Holy Spirit into whatever experience we're having in order to be able to have that now experience, in order to be able to let go of the judgments that are keeping me from having that now experience. Yeah, that sounds helpful. Yeah, I re you know, I remember an early course, I don't know if you'd say mystic or whatever, but who had the saying, you know, there, there are no problems in the present moment. <laughs> like you, you, you can't experience a problem in the present moment, you know, naturally we don't have the ability to, to do that without the Holy Spirit's help, but in the present, there are actually no problems. Because <clears throat> our one problem is that we've worked with, we've dealt with. And the, the whole point of this section, the appointed friend, is that's the appointed friend's job. <laughs> it's not my job. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, this, Tim's not going to have a now experience, no matter how much he goes around all day saying, <laughs> I want a now experience. I have to invite this appointed friend who's all about the now experience <laughs> into, into my awareness, into this experience that I'm having. Steven? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, was, I was doing what we're all talking about here and this, this is really uh, cool and very helpful for me uh, because it's, it's kind of matching things up and I really need that. Uh, but I was doing a Holy Spirit thing uh, one day a couple of years ago and I was just trying to find out where he was or where it was or where I was in, you know, I was just trying to find a place where, where uh, Holy Spirit was. And uh, I got this, uh, you know, I got, it's, it's always my voice in the end, I guess, but it, it's like, what, what, what does, what does it matter where I am as long as I'm with you? And, you know, that shut me up. I was like, okay, that's, <laughs> that's what it, that, that, that's the real thing right there. Uh, and, and the reason uh, the reason about the present and the past and all that stuff, the reason why it's so perfect is that's the only place Holy Spirit can be. If, if you're in the present, that's where Holy, Holy Spirit is. Uh, and there's no place and there's nowhere, but uh, that, that awareness is the only place where you can be with Holy Spirit and walk that walk. That's the only place where Jesus is by your side in the present and we all know what that is we know what that is because we came here with that knowledge 
and we have that knowledge. We came here with that awareness, and that's how we are going to know what we are when we get there. It's already there. We already know everything. Uh, so so to, to find that is not something we have to look for. It's already there, and we just recognize it or we realize it at a certain place. Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah, in, paragraph, in paragraph two, he says, um, lead not your life in solitude. Don't do this by yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't do it by yourself. With one illusion, i.e. the ego as our teacher, as our only friend. Well, I mean, you, you say it out loud, and obviously nobody wants the ego as their only friend. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, then he goes on about, you know, we, we have this better friend, line three, yet God has given us a better friend in whom all power in heaven and earth rests. The one illusion, the ego that you think is your friend, obscures the Holy Spirit's grace and majesty from you, keeps the Holy Spirit's friendship and forgiveness from your welcoming embrace. Without him, without the Holy Spirit, you are friendless. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't have a here and now experience. I, I'm sure there's other spiritual paths where maybe you can. <laughs> but but if you, I mean, if you're a course student, this is the process. This is what Jesus is saying. This, this is the the way to do it. <laughs> don't don't not do it this way. If if yep. you've decided to try this out. <laughs> Raylene? Yeah, what I'm getting is like not using the regret of the past or the fears of the future as an excuse to disturb my opportunity for peace right now. Yeah, because I think, you know, fear is the, you, the kind of the universal constant that's, that's always going to be there. And so, yeah, is it, don't use that as, don't use that as an excuse not to not to take the hand of, of Jesus or ask for the Holy Spirit's help. That, yeah, yeah, and judging it. Yeah, asking the Holy Spirit to give me that peaceful perspective or understanding because it, it just drives me batty when I hear people say it didn't happen. Hmm. I, I, I just, I mean, what <laughs> got ran over, your foot's missing. It's like, and someone said it didn't happen. I, I, swear I just want to punch you in the Don't face. worry about it. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Anybody else have anything? So with, with, with your permission, um, I would like to just close here with a, with a reading and Lynn, if you would do us the, the honor, please. Um, page 381. And there's a prayer in italicized at the bottom of the of 381, an italicized prayer. If you could read that that prayer in italics in the following paragraph six, please, and we'll close and just spend a minute and then. Sure. <clears throat> Got it. I'll start with sentence eight. Um, yeah, nine. Yeah, we are sense eight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, maybe even seven. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. 
I'll oh, take go, yeah, go it, back to the interview. I need to do nothing. <laughs> I need to do nothing. It'll be figured out. Yeah. All right. Purification is of God alone and therefore for you. Rather than seek to prepare yourself for him, try to think thus. I, who am host to God, am worthy of him. He who established his dwelling place in me created it as he would have it be. It is not needful that I make it ready for him, but only that I do not interfere with his plan to restore to me my own awareness of my readiness, which is eternal. I need add nothing to his plan, but to receive it, I must be willing not to substitute my own in place of it. And that is all. Add more, and you will merely take away the little that is asked. Remember, you made guilt and that your plan for the escape from guilt has been to bring atonement to it and make salvation fearful. And it is only fear that you will add if you prepare yourself for love. The preparation for the holy instant belongs to him who gives it. Release yourself to him whose function is release. Do not assume his function for him. Give him but what he asks, that you may learn how little is your part and how great is his. Gently, gently come back. Thank you all. It was great to be here. I wanted to uh, add to what Lean was talking about, um, that we take our yeah buts to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but my foot fell off. <laughs> I mean, don't deny your foot fell off. <laughs> don't deny whatever it is that's driving you crazy. But take that to Jesus and go, yeah, but look. How, how do I see beyond this? How can you show me something else? Go ahead. <laughs> You've got a minute. Show me something else here. Even though I don't have a foot anymore or whatever it is that's driving me crazy. You know, my loved one just died or whatever. Yeah, but. So we take our yeah buts to Jesus. Don't deny them. Don't say they're not real. <laughs> that will drive you crazy. <laughs> Understandably. <laughs> Great job. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Thanks, Jim. Really nice. Thank you. Right, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Great class.